You're listening to the life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Dots, dots, which is good, means my, I think my mic's working, there we go, I had a mic failure last week, it wasn't very good at all, Kevin McKinnon, the greatest of all men, according to certain websites, uh, he's here for uh, <laughs> the life I was just thinking, actually, uh, people were saying the, the podcast that you were doing was so much better last week because your mic failed. Yeah, a lot of people did say that. It was um oh it just shitted me. I I was not happy. Um <laughs> you know when you have that blind panic and you're trying to get stuff sorted out and it's not working, and you're like, Oh, just kill me. So it was a yeah, it was an interesting time. But uh this is our last show for twenty twenty one, the life of try. Now before we get into launch into a few things. Are you so? Do you have the music like the Auld Lang Syne or anything you know, sort of sad, ready to play for for this because it's our last one? Or are you celebrating? No, fuck that. It's fine. I think we're we're okay for the moment. I, do you know what though? I there's this on this um, dashboard that we record on, and the, you know, there's like four thousand different ones. There's um, different um, buttons you can press. And one of them says dramatic piano. And I've been wanting to press it all season. <laughs> Can you hear that? There you go. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's been such a great year, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off, though. That's the problem. All right, piss off. Um, there you go. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time over the break just loading up this with really crappy things. I'm going to be doing some... Hang on, hang on. Here we go. There we go. Look at that. Oh, no. Okay, we're at this one. Oh. So basically, you're scaring away what little audience we have. You're <laughs> you're basically scaring them away because this will be the last show they'll ever listen to. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bill. Appreciate yeah, that. Okay. Um, talking about our audience, uh, they are a dedicated band of fiends. We uh, we love you guys. Um, for anybody who's taken five minutes, ten minutes, or even twenty to listen to us uh, through the course of this year, we've done thirty something episodes, up to episode thirty six, I think this one is. Uh, you know, from the bottom of our podcasting hearts, we want to say thank you. You guys are amazing. We've had some great feedback. Um, you know, I've got a dedicated crew from work who who get involved in this, and God love them. Uh, big shout out too to one of the boys who ran his first marathon last weekend in uh, in Melbourne, ran the Melbourne Marathon, and um, he did say the piano, <laughs> I think, landed on his back at about twenty eight k's or something. Um, but to be fair, he looks like George Clooney, so he probably still looked amazing. Um, <laughs> but anyone who's spent some time with us, written to us, listened to us, downloaded our stuff, and and generally uh, played along, we um, we really appreciated this um, podcast. Is um, it's a fun one to do. There's no doubt, Kevin. And you know, it's it's a little bit off um, off beat, but it's certainly um, one we enjoy and, and get a lot of fun out of doing. Absolutely. Other than having to talk to you every week, I, I love doing this. Speaking of bullshit, um, I wanted to, <laughs> I, I I wanted to, you know, the things that stop you sometimes, and you just go, I don't even know what's going on with this. I have no idea. And anyway. Um, there was some things that I, I saw um, across. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to move my mic stand here. 
um because i'm operating with a new not mic now um the pto professional triathletes organization they have a press release read this uh clarifies the misunderstanding of its inverted commas fastest times listing on its website the issue has arisen as a result of an excellent article by kevin mckinnon in triathlon magazine canada who of course we love now this is where it starts to get real shitty kevin is one of the most seasoned and well-respected journalists in our sport (laughs) (laughs) i i I just I've been dreading this conversation ever Kevin since. Kevin is one of the most seasoned and well-respected journalists in our sport. That means, it, it means I'm old, right? Seasoned <laughs> means you're old, old right? Yeah, I think buddy, that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, I think the old PTO's been smoking a bit of something across there. You've got to get it on the old glass barbecue. But um, his article is a good examination of how, under the current system, it is both unhelpful and almost impossible to benchmark what a world record long distance time is. We could not agree more. Oh, we love you. We love and respect Kevin and his piece is excellent. Oh my God. Could your ass be kissed anymore by the PTO? Kevin, you must. I mean, every time they have a meeting, no doubt they stop before they have a meeting. They say, now before we must all turn to the picture of Kevin to say, Kevin, you are wonderful. Is that how it works down there? What have you been doing to the PTO? Whose photos do you have, Kevin? I I have no idea. I do appreciate it, and it was it was funny because I had to talk to Sam Renouf about three day three or four days after the initial story came out, um, and I just assumed they were pissed off at me. And you know, absolutely no problem. They just sort of you know, Sam was great as he always is, and and all that stuff. So yes, I I think there have been. I think a lot of my uh, comrades in the uh, triathlon journalism front have been having a good old laugh over over that one. And and I'm glad that I just somehow managed to tee this up perfectly for you, Phil. Yeah, it certainly is bullshit. And uh, I certainly do think that there's something going on there at the the PTO. So um, and I know Sam, too, and he seemed like a really good bloke. So really not very old. This is the quote that got me, though. Um, the this sport is too bloody difficult and our PTO professionals race too bloody hard to have any performance diminished by quibbling over distance discrepancies or arguments over currents. And they're talking about the water current, of course, with Blumenfeld setting that record, inverted commas record. We'll leave it that to the pundits and fans to debate. Well, I'm a pundit and a fan, and I say that if you can't get your house in order to run a proper race, then don't run a bloody proper race. Kevin. Oh, I'm supposed to respond to that. So um, I was shocked to see that uh, the PTO uh, took that record page right down. I thought I thought Torsten was doing a, a great job with just you know monitoring things himself. Um, and but I you know and so this all arose, and I think I, I think we talked about this on the podcast. Um, this all arose because basically we put Tamara Jewett on the front cover of our November issue of Triathlon Magazine Canada with a little, I think I even have it right here. Um, you know, Tamara Jewett sets a, a new world best because she appeared on that very list. Um, the day after it went to the printer, um, Torsten took the record, took the, her time down. Um, so she had run a 113 half marathon, the fastest ever. Um, 
but he took that down because it was a down swim swim uh down stream swim mm -hmm. at Augusta and um and so that just nullified all of the records so when I go on to that page and see Christian's time on there see all of these um you know blazing fast swim times that are now the fastest ever I reached out to Torsten and said, you know, basically WTF, like what gives? Yeah. How come, you know, you know, does this only work if you're from Norway and a and a big dude who can come and beat you up? Or um, you know, um, how does this process work? And he was like, Kevin, um, well, actually it was great because he emailed me back and and said, I have no idea what you're talking about. None of those times are there. And I went back to the page and and they were all gone. <laughs> And I'm, I like, so I actually emailed somebody to say, was I seeing things? And then of course it was Torsten being funny and doing a joke. Like he took it down right after he got my email. Yeah. So, um, so that's how this whole thing started. <clears throat> and, um, you know, our social media guys at the, at the magazine were just like, you've got to write this story. You've got to write this story. And I was like, okay, I'll write the story. I had no idea it was going to end up, um, you know, it was, I think it'll end up being probably one of the biggest stories that we did all year in but terms really, of uh, traffic and hits and all that stuff. It does so, speak, though, doesn't it? To like, if you're going to be professional about anything, you, I mean, and it's saying it's bloody hard to quibble, but you, you've got to quibble. Like, that's the point, the whole point of this is you've got to say something um, and you've got to, you've got to recognize the fact that, like, if you're in a hundred meter, running race and you've got a tailwind and they, they acknowledge that, right? There is going to be asterisks around those sorts of things. So I don't know, you can just sweep it or, so, you know. What I found interesting from this was it became, it becomes very clear what the PTO wants and doesn't want to do. <clears throat> so the PTO based on this is making it very clear that they don't want to be the equivalent of world triathlon. They don't want to be a governing body that that um, it, you know is going and measuring courses and and all that kind of stuff, um, which is totally fine, right? Like I I sort of I guess I had it in my head that that was maybe something they wanted to do, um, but for right now anyway, that's not in their wheelhouse. Um, and uh, so I think you know I, I once I understand that I totally get why they want to. Um, take that stuff off. And hey, you know, my hat goes off to them. They didn't come after me in any which way, shape or form. You know, they were just like, um, yeah, we don't want to get into this. This is not what we want to do. And so we're out. We're just going to take this down. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, they're the big thing. And, you know, if you talk to Charles Adamo, who's the chairman of the board or Sam, um, the CEO, you know, their big thing is representing athletes. And, you know, when you talk to Sam, um, he is very quick to come back to the roots of all of this, which is to help triathletes, um, endurance or, you know, long distance triathletes make a decent living. And, um, you know, my hat, you know, uh, my hat goes off to them for maintaining that focus. But doesn't so, it part of part doesn't part of the mandate then say that you need as part of a professional organisation, and as a part of making the sport more um, accessible to people and more understandable that you have distances that are verified and that you have courses that are verified and that you have a 
you know, a hand in building that with other races. But then if you're putting your own races on, then you're in competition with those. So it's it's a little messy for mine. Um, it just speaks absolutely well. This is you know, in, in terms of my interview with Sam, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if he was crazy about you know me asking, um, you know, hey, are you just fueling the fire? Iron Man has basically said you guys are competition for a while now, and now you're doing age group racing. Um, his argument would be that, uh, or is that their interest in age group racing comes at a different level. So when, when you look at the budgeting, when you look at their financial planning around age group racing, it's a small percentage of, of what, of their, of the way they want to try, try and make money from their events compared to an Ironman event. So Ironman events try to make all of their money from their age group, from the age group stuff. They have no interest in trying to make money from the pros. Whereas the PTO it's turned around, like their vision is they're going to make money from the pro events and the age group stuff is, you know, an added bonus to that. But the biggest thing is the age groupers are a way of getting um, fans to the events. They're a way of getting, you know, helping generate that interest in the pros. Um, yes, and I don't understand. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I don't understand the fact that you're you've got a small group of age groupers, for example. Again, trying to surely the product of the pros is enough to get them and people into the um, into the event. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm totally willing to be very, I'm not very skeptical. I'm totally willing to be skeptical about those kind of statements. Um, because, you know, again and again, when you talk to people in the sport, everyone says the only way that you're going to make money is from the age groupers. So I'm willing to be skeptical about that, but I'm also on the same hand, I'm totally willing to, take a step back and say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to buy this for now um, and see what happens with all of this. Yeah. Um, I, I'm 100% willing to do that. And I was, you know, that was also fueled like, and I've got to do this story today, but looking at, you know, the PTO, you know, the final rankings were, I, I guess it was finalized over the last week and, you know, Lucy Charles Barkley and, uh, uh, Gustav Eden end up at number one spot in the PTO rankings. And I just looked around and, you know, there's three or four Canadians who are going to get, uh, you know, quite a decent paycheck out of the PTO. Like, um, you know, I, I can't remember, but, you know, I think Paula Finley comes away with 30 grand or 40 grand and um, uh, Jackson Laundry is going to come away with, you know, a, 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 you know, a bunch of money out of, out of this bonus pool. And that's amazing, right? Like yeah. that's fantastic for these athletes. Like, you know, to have 30 grand to, you know, end off your year and, and help kick you off for the next year. Um, you know, I know it's nothing for other pro sports, but for pro athletes, that's a big deal. But it's a start, so, Kevin. It's a start, right? I think, and yeah. again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking holes a little bit with the PTO, but I don't see them as anything other than a good thing, right? So I'm, I'm in their corner, um, and, I, and I think we have to be because of what they're doing to the sport, and we'll talk about that in just a second with their new announcement this week. 
But what they're doing for the sport is is they first of all they're consistent. They haven't folded tents after five minutes like the other incarnations of it. And that's the first thing. I think they're still sticking around. I think they're getting um, they're getting shit done, and I think that's important. I think they're developing, and that's important. I think they're pushing other race directors and organisations to get better, and I think that's important as well because. Uh, you know, we still run the multifaceted system here where we've got Ironman, Challenge, fucking Super League and everything else that goes on and now the PTO. But what they're doing is they're making things better. When you put competition in, in directly in, um, in a, obviously in a, in a market like this, a place like this, then you, you have to do better, right? You, you, Ironman has to do better with their pros or they're not going to get races. Not that Ironman gives a shit about their pros, but other sports or other, sorry, other versions like Challenge, et cetera, if they want pros at their races, they're going to have to do yeah. better, right? They're going to have to do better. Um, and my dog, yeah, he's, and- just, he's just chipped in as well. You can hear him bark. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's with you. He wants yeah. more money for the pros. Correct. Um, yeah, no, and, but I do think, um, and, and this is what I also, so the thing that I do like about the PTO in ter- is in, in their reaction to this kind of thing, right? They get it. They get mm-hmm. that. Um, for the sport to, um, you know, increase in terms of that recognition for the pros, all of that kind of stuff. They need the Phil Rockness of the world, the Kevin McKinnons, the Brad Culps, um, you know, uh, out there having this con- these kind of conversations and generating, I don't know if it's controversy, but that kind of thing for the sport to, um, to increase. Whereas, you know, you, you sort of get the feeling with, um, and Ironman to a point is, is open to that, but you know, they're, they're, they're much less, you know, in the past, it's always been, oh, you can't say that kind of stuff because, you know, that's just bad press and that's just not good for the sport. Whereas, um, you know, I get the feeling they, you know, the PTO, you know, they're, they're seasoned folks. They've been doing this stuff. They understand it. So that's good now. And, and to me, that also means that um, we need to uh, maintain, you know, stay, keep, keep on this. Right. And so, you know, we need to follow up in two years and kind of say, well, two years ago, you said you weren't interested in age group racing. And, and you know, we're going to talk about this tour thing. Um, but, you know, some of your race directors want to be the biggest triathletes in the in, in the country. So how does that work? Yeah. So. yeah. I feel, too, Kevin, that the the PTO have put the big boy pants on, um, you know, and, a, and a, I can remember criticizing Ironman when I had first off the bike a few years back um, and they had, they shit us in the block. They were not happy. You know, I remember the phone calls and the emails and oh my God, you can't say that and all that shit. And I'm sitting, sitting there thinking, well, I can say that and I'm going to, um, you know, and you're just going to have to wear it. And so, you know, the, whoever, whoever was the media person at the time or, you know, cause that thing was like a revolving chair in Asia Pacific. Um, you know, they would just, they would grin and smile at you as they were cursing you probably walking out the door. But I wasn't going to be someone who was just going to allow that, you know, different stuff to go on and, and, and not call it. Whereas I feel that the PTO have got the big boy pants on and they'll actually, like, they'll cop the criticism. Like, you know, big leagues like NFL and NBA and, you know, EPL and all that sort of stuff, um, they cop crap from all sides all the time every day and they just roll with it and i think the pto is an organization that seems to at this point be able to roll with it which is only uh enhancing their reputation as someone who's trying to grow the sport the f up um versus someone who's in it to try and make a quick buck so speaking about that the in following um 
you know, the lead of ATP, um, the PGA, uh, the PTO has announced that they're going to kick off a, um, a tour in 2022. They launched the Canadian Open in Edmonton, which is, uh, you know, nice to give rubbish countries an opportunity to see good sports. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 my goodness. Okay. Well, you keep going. Yep. Um, I want to say hello to all my Canadian friends, including yourself. Uh, they got a million bucks on that one. Then they're going to go to the Collins Cup, which is in Slovakia. Um, again, they've got 1.5 on that one. And then they're going to Dallas, Texas uh, in September uh, with a million bucks as well in all across 2022. Um, they will be, again, running over the PTO's love of the 100 kilometres, which is the 2K swim. Um, then backed up with the 80k bike ride and then the casual 18k jaunt to finish it off. The 100ks, they love 100ks, and I think that's kind of their that's their thing. That's their happy place in the PTO is when they're doing the 100. It, look, and it's not the worst thing I've ever heard either because 100 is nice. It's the century. It's a nice round number. It, it sort of fits to what they're doing. Um, the events will feature, and I'm reading some of the presser here from your beautiful website, Triathlon Magazine Canada. The events will feature some of the sport's largest paydays, a million bucks for the open events, 1.5 for the Collins Cup. All will feature live coverage that they had at the Collins Cup. Please don't use Phil Liggett, which apparently had massive figures, viewing figures, according to PTO CEO Sam Renouf, a man we were just talking about before, and no, good man. Uh, apparently, it surpassed all expectations and demonstrated there's an appetite for compelling live broadcasts of triathlon events that appeal not only to the fans of endurance sports, but to general sports enthusiasts. My God, when you put something good on, people will watch it. Get the best athletes in the world and people will watch it. How many times, Kevin, did you sit down recently at the Olympics and watch a sport you had fuck all knowledge about? But we're quite happy to sit there for an hour and watch it because it was good people doing good things. And yes, the PTO seem to be doing some good things here. Absolutely. And uh, so just a quick on the distance, it sounds like in 2023, one of their open events. So they're adding a European Open and an Asian Open in 2023. And one of the events will be a 200 kilometer distance. So they're they're going to you know move things up and in terms of the distance to, you know, I guess make some of the athletes who you know, just aren't, just don't feel like they have it for the half distance, um, they'll have some opportunity at something a bit longer. So, um, no, I think that'll be an interesting thing. I think the distance um, makes total sense, especially in a year when you have two Ironman World Championships taking place. Um, to to jump in with a, you know trying to fit in. Well, can you imagine trying to be Christian Blumenfeld? He, you know, he says he wants to get another Ironman done before he does the Worlds in St. George. Um, he's got to do St. George. Then he's got to get the sub seven thing done. Um, and then he's got to get gear up for another uh, world championship in Kona. Um, so and trying to fit all this stuff in is crazy. So I think that, you know, they've, I, whether I think they had no choice this year, but to just stick to all of those distances. And I'll be very, I just, I'll be interested to see who ends up in Dallas. Um, yeah. Cause 17 to 18, that's, uh, I think it's going to be about three weeks out from Kona. Um, you know, if you're Craig Alexander, that's the perfect sharpening race. 
Um, but that, you know, Crowey's approach hasn't really um, been uh, been picked up by many of the other pros, right? So, so Crowey used to come up to well for a few years. He came to seventy point three Muskoka yeah. um, here in here in Canada, uh, which was almost exactly a month out from Kona. A uh, really hard kickout race, and he loved to do that. Um, but I'm not sure so many of the other pros are crazy about that idea. No, but at the same time, there's going to be a ton of pros. And this is where this is where we're, what we're seeing now, Kevin, is that people are going payday versus prestige, right? So you're looking at if you go to Kona, you know, you might come 14th, for example. You don't think yeah. you can have a shot at winning versus going across to Dallas or going across to that race. And you've got all of a sudden, there's the opportunity for you to actually pick up some coin. You know, like Jason Shortis, the great Australian pro, used to always laugh and say that it was the most expensive holiday of the year, Kona. You know, and if you're there to make the numbers up, even though you've qualified, I think you go, well, you know, surely there might be another option that I can take a look at around the world. And this is what's happening now, right? This is what we saw this year um, with the emergence of a lot of this. This is where the changing face of triathlon as a pro mind, I'm not talking about age groups, I'm talking about pros, um, is that the as a pro, there's all of a sudden now these options starting to bloom within the sport. So you might start to say, you know what, I'm never winning Kona. I don't race well in the heat. I'm not that great, but I could go to Dallas, and I know it's hot there as well, but it's not Kona hot, and I could give that a swing and actually win some money. So I think there's really something now at play, and that's why you know, we've heard these debates about Ironman moving away from Kona you know, and going to another a country each year because they're trying to you know, add a bit something to it. Or you know, we've heard these, these whispers. So what happens now is that these options are provided for these athletes. And that's what PTO's mandate has been, as you said earlier, is to give pros a payday, but also to, you know, allow them to seek alternative things. Well, basically make a living. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, um, Dallas will be perfect for the folks who are gearing up for the 70.3 Worlds in St. George at the end of October. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think this year more than any, we're going to see that real differentiation, uh, between the Ironman distance. And I know Ironman doesn't like me to use that full distance, like folks gearing up for that 226 kilometer effort versus those gearing up for the halves. Um, and, and I think you're going to see much more of a differentiation between those. And so, um, It'll be you know, very interesting to see who ends up in Dallas, uh, for sure. Can you see be... it happening though? Like, can you see it happening where there'll be? I think Kona will soon. I mean, am I? Are we getting too far ahead of ourselves that to, to, to think that Kona will start to lose relevance? Um, like if I you went, think... if you went out, Kevin. If if I was a you know if I was a world beater. Um, and I'm a world-beating idiot, but that's about it. But if I was a world-beater and I go, okay, I can win in Edmonton, I could win, do well in Collins Cup, win my event there, um, and I could go into Dallas and win there, and all of a sudden there are, you know, there's three and a half mil worth of prize money there versus going to Kona and coming fourth, going to Kona and coming eighth, uh, you know, What's going to happen now? Yeah, well, this is what you're hitting on there, Phil, is 
um, is the PTO truly going to be the um, the World WTA Women's Tennis Association uh, ATP? Is it truly going to be that of our sport? And that I, you know, I, that I think we got to wait a few years to see. Um, I think you need a bunch of years of the Canadian Open, the U.S. Open, the uh, Asia Open. Notice that they don't have an Australian Open, yeah, because you guys just well. I won't say anymore. Oh, I'm going to talk about how shit we are later on. Don't worry. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the European Open, right? Um, so, yeah, like we need that needs to happen for a while. And you know, Kona's where it all began in our sport. So it's going to be really hard to move that off. Like you talk to Jan Ferdano. <clears throat> um, well, actually, I, I would love to ask Jan Ferdano the question. Well, sorry, when you do ask Jan Fitrano the question, you know, Olympic gold, Kona, he sort of does the political defer, they're different things, yada, 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 yada. Um, I think he's pretty happy that he's got a Kona title. I think, uh, you know, the three Kona titles probably mean more to him than winning the PTO or being at the top of the PTO standings this year, right? Yeah. Now, in a few years, hopefully that, that'll be a different ball game. the PTO is hoping, I guess. Yeah, but you're coming. You're, you're coming from a place from a guy who can win it, right? If you don't think you can win it, then it'll have little significance to you. You know, you just won't make the trip. You just be like, whatever. I'll do. You know, I'll go and find another race to do. Um, and you know, maybe people will start. You know, it's the ultimate test for the age groupers, right? It is as a pro. It's just, uh, you know, it would be a you know, it's a hard place to get to. It's an expensive place to go. You've got to front a bunch of stuff. It's you know, there, there's a number of things there. I'm just floating the idea that it seems to me that the PTO are, are digging in, like they're not going anywhere. So this is the sort of stuff that will build year on year. And as you said, you're 100% right in the fact that we won't know this for a few years, but I can see it. I can see it, the movement happening already. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I just need some clarification from you on that. You know, you're looking at it from the point of, per, of view for the person who wins. wins it. Like, yeah, I don't understand pros who go to Kona um, year after year after year after year who don't, you know, aren't aren't going to hit the top ten. Like it's nutty expensive, and 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 if you're not going to go top ten, you're not even coming home with any any money. You're probably not coming back with any bonuses uh, from your contracts. Um, so you're just forking out anywhere from four to six grand. Um, for you know for a race when you could go to an ironman chattanooga you could go to an ironman florida um and and actually make some money so um and and yeah i i don't i think you've always got to look at the people who are going after the win at these things um you know because who do we care about in tennis right it's nadal and federer and djokovic and uh the williams sisters and um you know like those are the people who that people are really having a look at, right? Number one. So I think that's what we want in triathlon, isn't it? Yeah. Don't forget Ash Barty, the Australian, who you know, well, number one. You know, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that's right. I do. I keep forgetting you guys in Australia still do have sports. She's a badass man. She played like professional cricket as well, which you know, like she's just a freak. Um, yeah. I, I look. I. I. I you know, there is a sense in me that there are things that are moving and I think that Iron Man is seeing that as well. 
you know, they're trying to be agile, but it just seems to me too that PTO have all the answers. They just keep coming. Like, why couldn't Ironman started doing this? Remember, they started doing the regional championships, right? But they didn't do anything yeah. with it. They didn't go, okay, win Asia, win US, win Europe, and you get a bonus prize of this, or we'll create that. They didn't do anything with it. You know, they kind of all roads lead to Kona, and they most certainly do not all roads lead to Kona because not every single person can race in that heat and in that environment or wants to. You know, and there are people who have made admirable charges to it, like Meredith Kessler, for example, wins everything all around the world but goes to Kona and cannot find the unlock the formula, right? So what does that mean? It means that she just goes, you know what? I go there and I make up the numbers, I sign some autographs and I high-five some people and I go and have a race and it's okay. But now all of this stuff starts to come up. Am I better off doing this? And if I talk to my sponsors and I say, hey, what happens if I win the Canadian Open and back it up with the US Open? You know, how's that going to look? You know, and at some point it'll have some weight behind it. It doesn't now because it's a thing. It hasn't been run yet. It doesn't exist. Um, yeah. But, but when it does... You know, Ironman's going to have to think through as well. What what are we going to do to incentivize our pros to to come and race all of our races or to come and race that? So why don't we start a Grand Slam of Ironman races? You know, with the granddaddy being, you know, we could do one in, you know, call them a Grand Slam like we used to, the regional. Pick them up a bit. Make sure they're the right distance. You know, do something <laughs> special around them, you know. I don't know. I Make mean, sure that, that they're not down current. Hey, so the original concept with the regional championships was that that would be your stepping stone. You would qualify at an Ironman event for a regional championship. You would then qualify from the regional championships to Kona. And that was going to give those events a whole pile of, you know, just bring them up on the status, right? Yeah. So you know, even age group athletes wouldn't be able to to qualify. The problem was that um, Ironman can't sell big license fees and they can't get, you know, generate that same sort of um, uh, people, you know, drive to their events, uh, to, to the other events, if they aren't qual Kona qualifiers. So that's where Ironman sort of got stepped up with that, with that whole concept. But that, you know, why not do it for the pros? Uh, that would at least force your um your pro athletes to hit one of those regional events or one or two of those regional events every year and improve the fields yeah. um like yeah, that that to me would be a logical would be a logical step on that front um uh, but then you know then the pros are not crazy about that because then they're pretty much committed to having to do three ironmans in a year yeah. you know yeah. go to one qualify for the other then to get to kona so yeah, it's 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 not easy. And now for Ironman, you've got the PTO where people can make a crap load of money mm -hmm. and not go to any Ironmans. Yeah, right? I wouldn't. Like, why would you? Why would you bother? Like, and the hundred hundred k's is the perfect distance, right? Because it's got um, you can recover from it. You know, you can do five of those in a year. You can do more than in a year because you yep. can come off those. You know, you can't come and that's, off an and that's the whole idea. Down the road, you're going to have your four opens, the Collins Cup. <clears throat> Boom, you've got 500K races. In, although, actually, sorry, there'll be 400K and at least one 200K. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so. But the question, it just all comes down to, can the PTO make the money that they need to 
from these races. And who says there's a break-even point? Like if you've got a billionaire rolling you, and everyone goes, "Oh, he's got to make some money," but why? But maybe they don't. Maybe for the next however many years, he doesn't care. Like you know, maybe they'll build it up to a point where they break even, break this or that. You know, I don't know. I mean, you don't. No one knows the reasoning behind it. I agree. I'm like you. I sit there thinking, well, how are you making money to pay for all this? You know. Yeah, and and you know what? Actually, Phil, you, <clears throat> I, I can't believe you actually came up with the with part of the whole thing behind it. And you know, I don't know enough about this. I'm not smart enough. I'm a journalist, right? If I wanted to. <laughs> If I was smart and knew how to make money, I would be a Michael Moritz and, yeah. and you know, be doing all this kind of stuff. Um, but, um, you know, Michael Moritz is uh, one of the people uh, who invested heavily in Outside, which is one of the companies that owns Triathlete Magazine and Outside Magazine and all those different things. Um, and so you know, part of their motivation, I think, is content. Um, right. And so, you know, the outside's just done a big deal with mm-hmm. Iron Man to um, to tell or not televise to, um, you know, I guess do the video production for a bunch of 70.3 races next year. So they're getting into all aspects of that dynamic. Right. So um, the events and the media and all of that and sort of generating this thing. And endurance sports is a big deal right now, right? Like just, there's, you know, lots of people gravitating towards it. So I have a feeling that there's, you know, the Michael Moritzes of the world know how to make money. They're smart and they see that this is something that's building. And so this is part of that whole picture. So I think, I think you're bang on there. There might be a factor that they don't necessarily need to make a whole crap load of money from these from these events because down the road they can make money um, from other aspects of it. Correct. And that's, that's, that's the point I was hitting on. And, and, you know, you summed it up a bit better than I did, but you look at Red Bull, GoPro, those <laughs> companies, <I> did. <laughs> <laughs> those companies started out like Red Bull and, and GoPro started out as, as energy drinks and, you know, and I use energy drink loosely, but you know, energy drink and, and as a camera platform, they're far surpassed that now right they're beyond that they're 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 all about content and creating content and you know red bull will stick that logo and anything that moves in a different way you know that in an endurance sports obviously like mountain biking and things like that is where they're playing at home gopro's the same they'll stick a camera or a sticker on anybody um provided they're doing something cool because then they can again relate it back to their cameras this is no different what we're seeing is a company who's using the races as a vehicle to create the content. The content itself pays for what they're doing. So, you know, the stories, the athletes, the things already, if you saw the edit that they brought out this week on the tweeter, um, again, they're making stuff seem a lot better than it is, right? A lot cooler than it is, you know? Um, and we've been watching Iron Man videos forever, um, but these guys are probably starting to storytell as well as any Iron Man production, getting it out and, you know, trying to capture a bigger audience and, and siphon off money via sponsorship, et cetera, of that content. But, yeah, the edit they dropped this week was good, I thought, and, and something that, you know, um, I guess, you know, it, it's not that they're reinventing how it's done. They're just doing it at a very, very good level as well. Oh, absolutely. Great content there. 
Mm. Hey, Hi. can I, um, <clears throat> have we talked enough PTO stuff? Can I ask? Oh, actually, sorry. I wanted to mention one other thing. Great chat with Stephen Baudreau, who's um, the sort of guy behind um, Due North, which is the company that is putting on the, uh, the Canadian Open mm -hmm. for the PTO. And yeah. uh, they used to be the folks who did the uh, World Triathlon Series events in Edmonton. So, you know, they've done three world championships over the years for world triathlon. Um, and uh, yeah, his, he was quite open about their goal is that the Canadian open is going to be the largest triathlon in Canada in the next three or four years. So it'll be very interesting. You know, th that's exactly that the dynamic I was talking about that um, this sort of balance back and forth between what the PTO is talking about. Oh, age groupers are just part of the mix um, and then the actual race directors saying, oh, no, like we want this to be a huge three, three or four thousand triathlete weekend. So be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously the last show of the year, we always like to wrap it up with, uh, I know you're busy at the moment writing your articles about who's the triathlete of the year and all that other stuff. And we wanted to cover off a little bit of that because, uh, you know, obviously both got some vague idea about that. I think uh, there's been a lot of good stuff go on this year, Kevin. Um, the triathlon series, I'm keen to get your, you've seen a lot of it. Uh, you've been live to a few of them as well. Um, what's been your triathlon series or race of the year? What have you loved? Um, so are you talking the world triathlon series or just triathlons all around? All around, buddy. All around. Cool. Well, in terms of uh, big races uh, going on this year that I was at, um, two really stood out. So Roth, of course, because it's Roth. Um, and even though it was a bit short and even though they tried to, you know, they, they basically said, please don't come out. We were going to fence things off so fans aren't going to be able to to watch the race. And the fans just came out and they took the fences down like the, they pulled the fences down themselves like they're. Uh, you know, they said, like, it's Roth, it's Germany, we're Germans, we're going to watch our damn race. Um, so that was uh, pretty unreal. And then, you know, the guys in Almer, uh, they put on the World uh, the world Triathlon Long Distance Championship. And uh, that, you know, that race is just always amazing. And again, with, through all of the craziness, they were able to uh, to put that on. So certainly two of the big highlights for me. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the other, oh boy, I've got three, I guess, uh, the Collins cup just, uh, you know, yes, I think people had some issues around the coverage and all that kind of stuff, but it, it was exciting racing and was pretty amazing to get all of that crew, um, out there it was pretty cool. Yeah. I look again, I didn't love the Collins cup as much as most. I thought it was okay. Um, but for mine, Super League was it for me. Um, I thought Super League made a massive leap forward this year. Um, I thought Macca did a really good job of it, it just, for mine, it all came together. Like in previous years, Super League was race here, and then they go to sleep for a few months. Race here, and they go to sleep for a few months. Here, this month-long um, season, mini season that he ran, I thought it was awesome. Um, it, it really for mine, captured what he was trying to do. I spoke to him a few years back when he was kicking this off and he said that's what he wanted. Uh, and I feel he finally got it. And I think the product was good. And if you look at who raced uh, and what they got done this season, I think they did a really good job. So I really liked, uh, again, the Collins Cup is a concept that 
is growing and you know and i think like i said i'm i, I don't have any negative feelings towards it but i i um uh i did like the super league in the fact that they said you know what every week for a month we're going to go at it and i just thought it was really cool and i mean there's the the teams and stuff you know that'll catch on or it won't or you know, i don't know anyone's running around with any rhino shirts or you know dingo shirts <laughs> whatever the fuck they call them you know i don't even remember but what i did like was knowing that each week there was going to be the next installment and that's how you build rivalries and that's how you build narrative around it you know is where yeah. you know it's like watching any pro sport that plays week in and week out you know like you go damn it we missed this week we want to see what happens next week you know it is unfolding as we speak over the month uh so big fan of super league gets a massive tick for me so, question for you for super league to move to the next level do they have to do that two times or three times through the year have a month in February, have a month in September, have like, because it's, you know, yeah, you had four great races in the month of September. And then do we see them again for another until the following year? No, I think, I think that... yeah, I think it's how I think they have to be clever with how they um, how they market it. But I think it do, I don't think it works, you know, multiple times a year. I'm not 100% sure triathlon's ready for that. I think you would struggle to get athletes. And like we've been saying ad nauseum for 36 episodes, if you don't get good people to do good things, no one's watching. And they have to yeah. have an audience and they have to have good athletes, not just, you know, okay, they need to get good athletes there. Uh, and I'm not sure they're going to do that if they do that throughout the course of the year. They may extend it to five weeks. They may try and push it a little bit further, but I... You know, like it works. No, I, I don't think they extend it to five weeks. I think four weeks is is mm. awesome because yeah, um, I mean, that was enough of a challenge. Like, you know, you could tell people were tired and, you know, Flora jumps in for that final race and spanks everybody, right? Like you could, it makes a big difference to not be trashed, you know, traveling to four different countries, two different continents over over a month. So I don't think you go more in five weeks. I just wondered if there's, or maybe there's a two week block early in the year, a couple of races or something just to, cause otherwise you have people going to sleep. Um, here's something I want to ask you. How come neither one of us talked about the Olympics as being one of the biggest races of the year? Cause it's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay, not, then. not that important. Like when Australia's not winning shit, I'm not watching anything. Um, watching, bloody no i don't know i don't it wasn't as good i mean it was i was so excited for flora duffy you know obviously we were shocked by bloomfield as well getting it you know not shocked but it was like wow you know but it wasn't i don't know i didn't feel really drawn into the event like flora duffy just basically did did a victory lap and well deserved i'm not taking anything away from how you know dominant she was um but it didn't it it was yeah, I don't know. It was kind of just that sort of someone running away out there and, it, you know, I don't know. It didn't grab yeah, do you think, well, I just, yeah. I, I wonder if there's just so much of the, the COVID controversy and, and all of that that just kind of took the wind out of the, those sails. But, mm. yeah. It's a really good point. Okay, there. so here's a question for you. Um, I think our international triathlete of the year on the men's side is a no-brainer. It needs to go to Christian Blumenfeld. Yep. Um, any com Any arguments there? No, I, I, you can't, you can't mount one. If you are, if you're trying to mount one, you, you're really, um, it's just hard. You can't. I mean, the guy did everything, right? Like, yeah. 
not only that, is that he reverted to an old school way of racing, which you would have remembered. You know, the Mark Allens and the Greg Welsh of the of the sport were able to lift themselves from an Olympic distance event right up until the Ironman and perform at the highest level. And he's elevated himself to that. I mean, he didn't yeah. get Kona done, but Jesus, we all know that he raced very smartly um, to win or yeah. get, you know, whatever, world record or not. But um but I think Flora Duffy for mine is the like she'd be the triathlete of the year for me. She would be the like the top podium of all men, women, you know, anyone who's swim, biked, or run this year. She is it for me as the number one. Wow, runner. even over even over Christian, and I'm 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 struggling to have much of an argument. Uh, but you know, people people are pretty amazed with what Christian did, and Flora, um, you know, it was. The, the, you know, obviously the Xterra um, winning that is, is, you know, getting a, another world championship um, along. So two world championships and the Olympic gold. And of course, uh, you know, I don't think they've named a holiday after Christian over in Norway. So um, she's got that over Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah, she but, wins yeah, well, hands down. There's not even and no out. argument for uh, Lucy Charles Barkley. No, not even in the conversation, mate. No. No, she, wow. you know, she'd be, those two, Blum and, um, and Duffy, are the, like they're the, they're the two standouts. Lucy Charles is an emerging athlete who in a year's time, we might be saying, holy crap, look what she did this year. I think she's so moving, you know, um, and I don't want to diminish anything she did because she's clearly, you know, fantastic. And, and, you know, we're going to be talking about her for a while, for a number of years, but I think, this year, Duffy was by far the um, the the top of the podium, and I think um, Kristen was in sort of second place. And then those two were daylight to their next group. Whew. Yeah, you see, I'm still struggling. Like I look at what Lucy Charles did, just even in some other sports. You know, second at the uh, the um, British swimming trials, which were basically their Olympic swim trials. Um, she was second. Um, at uh, Super League, the Arena Games in London, uh, came fifth in her first, uh, basically her first draft legal race um, in Leeds, which was huge, you know, big field and all that stuff, um, you know, and then and then winning Worlds. Yeah, but I have a tough time diminishing that season. No, I'm not diminishing it. I'm just saying it doesn't stack up next to the other two in terms of what they did. And she was, you know, like I said, but, but the swimming thing for me doesn't hold any weight because, I mean, she could have won the fucking Pogo Stick World title as well. It's not triathlon. You know, like, so um, I think that she's, again, like not diminishing the amazing year she had. But, I mean, Flora Duffy, holy shit, she was just, everything she did was brilliant. Um and I, I don't know, the sentimentality come into it as well because we watched her grind for so long that, you know, you know, good things come to those who wait. I mean, you've never seen it put into action better than what her season looked like this year. Um, and she's a good person and she raced like a bat out of hell every time she got onto that course. And she was multiple, like the Xterra was just another sign that she was all dominant, you know, in a sport that she yeah. probably didn't have a right to do so well in because she hadn't been around it, but holy moly. Yeah. I mean, those well, no, I think was that her fifth or sixth straight Xterra world title? Like um, she is, she, and her, her background or she came from, she had done mountain biking way back when 
Um, she is frightening on a mountain bike. Her one, you can see it in her bike handling skills in triathlon events. Um, and the thing that uh, is most amazing to me is just how much Florida Duffy has improved her running. So, you know, she, I always thought she was a very, you know, fairly complete triathlete. She has taken that to a whole new level this year with her, you know, her running ability, basically able to um, post some of the fastest runs um, at the events, if not the fastest runs at, at the events that she's doing, um, cap, or to, along with being one of the best swimmers and hands down the best cyclist in the field. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. So yeah, my, my feeble, my feeble argument, I got nothing. You basically, <laughs> I have to, I have to agree with you and that sucks. Yeah, I know. It's fucking horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was, um, and the way she ran that Olympic race as well, made the Olympics boring. Um, you know, you knew she was never going to get caught, Like the gold medal was decided pretty early on. Um, and, and that is a credit to, and, and a sort of a, a tip of the hat to, to how strong she is. Um, you know, Christian will see more from there. Again, he's only just getting warmed up, that kid. Um, there's a lot to go. You know, and you got to look at really, you know, Fredino again was did what he did without being spectacular. Um, you know, Lionel Sanders just, you know, the way he swung for the fences about 400 times this year. Um, you, know, the, you know, Skipper, same thing, multiple races. Um, you know, lots of great... Um, things to follow this year and lots of great performances and sort of, you know, we, we saw some new names emerge um, like, you, you know, with the Lucy Charles, et cetera. And we saw that come and that's great for the sport. The sport doesn't need dominance. Let's, you know, the, the Brownlees, the reefs, the, you know, they're okay, but I think they they blunt the sport for, for interest because it's the same person winning all the time. And yes, we can marvel at how dominant they are, but Jesus, it's nice when something else different happens. We want, I think, something a little bit different, and we got that with um, some of the performances. And, I, and I, as much as it pains me to say, as much as it really chaps my ass thinking about this, is the British triathlon's dominance of their their athletes around the world in a lot of different events. Um, yeah, yeah, they they well, swing and, and up. So- so, and it's interesting to me, so, you know, basically 2008, 2009-ish, um, Great Britain puts crap loads of money into sports to to try and, and maybe it was a bit earlier than that, mid-2000s, to try and develop athletes for 2012, right? Like they want, uh, you know, they want to put their best foot forward at the London Games. And to me... Uh, it just showed that in triathlon, you need basically a 10 year plan. You need a 10, 12 year plan um, to develop these guys. So I think, you know, in many ways they were lucky that the Brownleys were already on their way. Um, and then they were able to just use that to launch off that platform. And, you know, now look at what you got. You've got, they just dominate on the women's front. Like I think Lucy Charles at uh, Abu Dhabi, I think she was, um, 12th there it basically I, I think somebody put, did a post it might have been brad culp did a tweet and you know basically said can you imagine being um 12th in the world and only the fifth fastest from your country um yeah. like it's just insane the the depth that they have on on that front 
But um, isn't it um, isn't it interesting what you sort of say that you know, and the federations like the Australian triathlon sucks. It just doesn't. <laughs> it just sucks. We just we know where. And again, you know, you want to. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh my god, you're picking on the athletes." You know what? If you're a pro athlete and you're not performing, then become an age group, and I won't talk about you. Um, you know, Australian performances were down. What that means internally, I have no idea. I'm not privy to any of the conversations there. Um, and there might have been a whole raft of reasons why the performances weren't great. Fair enough. But overall, um, we didn't see much. And this goes to show you that, you know, you do need, I mean, like we, we've talked about this again too, Kevin, throughout the course of the year, was that you can't just expect athletes to go and race at crappy races when there's so much else on offer. Here, athlete A from the Federation, go and race shitty race. Well, you can't race Super League. Well, hang on. What do you mean I can't race Super League? No, we need you to go to this race or we need you to go to that race. We need you, you know, you don't get your choice. And I think this is where the Federations are going to struggle in years to come because with the emergence of all these races, all these series and stuff, they are going to conflict with Olympic schedules. And it's going to be, do I bust my ass? for the Federation getting told what to do or, you know, do I go out on my own and, and see what's out there in the big wide world with what's happening? The pressure on Olympic programs is only going to get more intense, I think. Well, and the other thing too is that I think what it really showed, like, you know, Canada did not have anywhere near near the performances that we had, had hoped for um, at the Olympics. Um, and... I really think what what the Olympics showed was two countries that basically shut down their competitive program for 2020 um, and then had a limited one in 2021. When you throw your athletes into the big leagues coming from that, they get stomped on. And, uh, you know, neither country, you know, I think Natalie Van Coveden was in uh, Hamburg last year, but you know, I think she kind of moved to Europe and, and said, screw you, triathlon Australia, I'm just doing this. Um, but, you know, there were no Canadians at, at the Hamburg Worlds in 2020, right? Um, you've got these European athletes and even the Americans, they're over there, they're racing up a storm. And so, you know, it just shows how important the competition is. And we had the same thing, you know, we have some of the best junior triathletes in the world um, they went over to, I think it was Portugal this year for the world juniors and just got spanked because you know, they were up against folks who'd been racing high quality competitive events all summer. And the Canadians just haven't had that opportunity all year. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the federations have got to wake up and say, if we want our people to be competitive, they have to go to the most competitive races and see what it's like and because you either make it or you break it yeah and and you know there's got to be a better way to do this because you know you don't want to lose athletes to you know to the process because they've they're seeking other things so uh they need to look at that and and yeah and calendars are a bit weird this year too i also understand that in COVID and opportunities and everything else in australia was in lockdown for 400 million days yeah. christ knows what's going to happen next year we're going to get to that point again who knows omicron which sounds like a freaking transformer that's coming up um you know and we're seeing all that coming up now again especially in this country with cases uh starting to rise etc there's just that feeling of unease about what's going to happen so 
Uh, at this point, we're living life as normal as we can get it these days. But um, it does seem that, you know, travel, et cetera, is impacted. And our athletes are feeling it. I know that they're feeling it, you know. And we spoke to, uh, you know, to, to Harry a few weeks back about him trying to get into even just into the Republic of Western Australia who just continually shut their borders, you know. So yeah. racing is hard, man. In the COVID era, racing is not easy. Um, and being out here is certainly not uh sunday at the beach some days because it's really difficult to to travel anywhere um but kevin uh i think we've sort of checked off a range of things well what an hour <laughs> that was Oof. it sure was jesus i have to have a lie down after this one um buddy we really uh, appreciate this support of triathlon magazine in canada the beautiful people there they're just a bunch of gorgeous people that is walk around the building being gorgeous that's how they roll. A lot of slow motion walking, a lot of air blowing, a lot of just some beautiful people there doing some beautiful things. Um, we want to thank them for their amazing support this year. Kevin, thank you for being uh, a part of this uh, little uh, chat each week. Um, we're going to be back uh, in early January. Don't worry. We will be back um, early Jan. We'll take a little bit of a uh, holiday season, as they say. Uh, hiatus and then back early January to start talking about what we think may come up in 2022. Um, you can find Kevin on the Twitter. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter or on the Instagram at Life of Try. Uh, you can do us a huge favor by telling your friends about this and uh, recommending us as a podcast. If you see us on iTunes, etc., you can leave us a rating. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know if we are not doing what you need us to do. Uh, we can sort about the chance of uh, fixing it up. But we want to thank you once again for being a part of this. This has been a whole heap of fun. Uh, and we're looking forward to a little bit of a break. Kevin's going to be freezing his ass off. I'm going to be cruising around the beach. <laughs> and hey, wh what happened? I thought I thought we were writing into my sign-off now that you're always going to put in that one of the most seasoned and well-respected journalists in our sport. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> my mouth. <laughs> You are a funny man. I figured I'd just leave you with that so that you could uh, have a little barf, barf to just end up your uh, end up your podcast. There we go. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for it. Has been an awesome year. Can't wait to uh, get back on the blower early in January and uh, continue the bedlam. Nice one. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Kevin McKinnon and myself. Look after yourselves. Uh, make sure that you take care and look after your families, et cetera, and we'll see you in 2022. Take care. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.